United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Joining us now is Samir Lawani, a senior expert on South Asia at the U.S. Institute of Peace. He's also a non-resident senior fellow with the Center for Strategic and Budgetary Assessments. He joins us now. Samir, welcome and good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for asking. Um, we're heading into the land of the G20 right now. Tell me a little bit about what you're watching for. Sure. So this is an annual convening of the world's leading economies uh, in the EU that India is hosting for the first time. Uh, it's a gathering of about 85% of the world's global GDP. So it's uh, fairly significant. They're going to try to tackle hard problems on economics and development, climate finance, um, food energy security. Obviously, the war in Ukraine will be a, a hot topic of discussion, digital public infrastructure. So a lot's on the table and uh, a lot of opportunity to make some progress on um, global problems. And this might be, I mean, many of these people have had a hard time interacting face-to-face because of the COVID pandemic. And, and we've had, as you know, as you've mentioned, the war in Ukraine and beyond, the time of heightened global tensions, especially between the U.S. and China, Europe and Russia, India and China. So some very interesting face-to-faces might be happening there. That's right. I think there there would have been an opportunity for uh, President Biden and uh, uh, Xi Jinping to meet at, at the summit. Unfortunately, it sounds like Xi Jinping is not going to be attending, sending his premier, uh, Li, instead. So that's a missed opportunity, really, for China. Uh, but there'll be plenty of other bilateral engagements that will be important between uh, Europe and um, a lot of the developing world, the BRICS countries, obviously India playing the host. This is an opportunity for India to burnish its credentials as a bridging power between East and West, between North and South. And um, I think I think there will still be a lot of productive bilateral meetings. I believe uh, President Biden is having a separate bilat with uh, Prime Minister Modi before the G20 as well. Is it surprising that China is not sending Xi Jinping? Yeah, it's kind of surprising um, that he chose not to attend this one. I mean, there's uh, China's, you know, on the ropes in a way. They've uh, been antagonizing a lot of the countries uh, that have been that are going to be attending the G20. Uh, they just released this provocative map that elicited reactions from India, Indonesia, Malaysia. Basically, China's been antagonizing a lot of countries, and I think it's been uh, probably probably challenging for Xi to show up to this meeting. Nevertheless, you know, a statesman should be trying to bridge relationships with other countries, and particularly with the United States. The United States has been trying to communicate with China and put in guardrails in this competition, and it just seems like Xi Jinping is not interested in that, which is, uh, again, a, a big, big risk for China. And what is the nature of the, um, the the cold relationship and the tension between China and India? This stems from a 2020 border clash where China mobilized tens of thousands of troops on the border and occupied territories that were disputed. Uh, and it resulted in the first uh, deaths on that border in over 50 years. Uh, and since then, relations have been really frosty. Now, uh, India is trying to reach out to, to China, obviously invited Xi Jinping uh, to this event. It looked like Tensions were de-escalating. There was an opportunity for uh, de-escalation on the border as well. But uh, China released this really antagonistic map that um, elicited protests from India. And after those protests, it sounds like Xi Jinping uh, decided not to attend the, the summit. 
When you look at what the role of you know the United States ought to be in this G20 and what the concerns will be going forward, what do you see? So I think for the United States, what's important here is to attend to the interests of a lot of the swing states and the global south that are going to be attending this G20 summit. The U.S. is really good at leading the G7, uh, leading NATO, leading the OECD, the developed world countries. But there's a lot of issues that are being left out of the conversation that we need in order to bring along the rest of the world, especially if we're in a competition with China on some of these issues. So economic security, climate energy transitions. These are issues that are salient to these swing states, uh, the middle powers and the global south that uh, the U.S. has been maybe not as um, uh, well credentialed on. And so this is an opportunity for President Biden to uh, to make common cause with them and to demonstrate that the U.S. is leading on these issues as well. So the, the more the, the more developed countries um, are, is aligned with the U.S. when it comes to the backing in Ukraine or maybe competing with China. But are, are many of the middle powers that you're talking about, the developing world, are they, which is, by the way, where a majority of the population of the world lives, are, are they skeptical as to those ideas? Yeah, you know, the war in Ukraine, obviously, um, NATO and the United States have taken the stand in defense of Ukraine against Russia on a principle of sovereignty and territorial defense uh, and the rules-based order. And those are great ideas in principle, but you can't eat them. Uh, and a lot of the global south has been facing the consequences of the sanctions on Ukraine and the war in Ukraine due to energy prices, inflation, uh, you know, for a while supply chains were all tied up and that was limiting sort of access to food security. So a lot of these countries are worried about bread and butter issues and they're concerned with the United States possibly, um, you know, contributing to them. And now obviously that's not the case, but it's it's important for the United States to have a clear message of who's being the disruptive power in the global order and who's trying to shore it up. And I think that's an opportunity for the United States to lead on, also on climate, right? And we've had a really tough year when it comes to climate crises, certainly in the United States, but all around the world. Uh, and so a lot of these countries are at the receiving end of that with populations that are vulnerable, facing migration challenges, uh, sea levels rising. Uh, and so this is an area where the United States, again, is trying to lead, but it's necessary may not be heard as well. And so the G20 is a forum where the U.S. can reach and connect directly with the leaders of a lot of these countries. Where do the BRICS come in, the B-R-I-C-S's? B-R-I-C-S, excuse me. So the yeah, BRICS is uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And they just had their meeting last week. They announced the inclusion of a number of new members. Many of them are friends of the United States. And so it is, in a way, you could say a competitive order that is being developed and led um, not just by China, but China is certainly at the helm of it. India is a party to that, too, and, a, and a, a leader of that as well. But it shows that in the absence of U.S. leadership, leadership at an institutional level, like forums like the G20 or like the U.N., uh, there's going to be other actors that fill that vacuum. And those vacuum that those actors uh, may sort of have interests that are inimical to U.S. interests, particularly if Russia and China have a leadership role there. So it's imperative for the United States to lead in the institutions that it has developed like the G20. Really important to hear this conversation. Thank you for joining us so much, Samir Lawani. I appreciate you getting us up to speed on what's coming ahead of the G20. Thanks for having me on. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.